our first lesson from Psalm, uh, Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. And the gospel lesson this morning, we continue on in John 21, verse 15 through 19. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said this to him a third time. Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to Peter, follow me. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I, at any given funeral, when someone else is giving a eulogy, especially a grandchild or a child, 
uh, I always tell them, make sure it's written out and you use your finger to go along the words so that when you get into trouble, I can come and pick it up right from there using your words. And my friend Janie here is for me in case I get into trouble. So the first week of the sermon series, this three-week sermon series, we, we, this first week we, we said that to Jesus, his flock is of the utmost importance to him. And then we, then we moved on to the idea that, that food is essential. That food and that, that food is love. Today, the third fundamental of spiritual truth is that feeders are vulnerable. Feeders are vulnerable. Look at verse 17. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter felt hurt because he said this to him, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now Peter is, is, is just bummed out. Not because Jesus repeats himself, but because of the language that he employs. The language that he employs. The first question is, Peter, do you love me? The word for love that Jesus uses is agapo or agape. Agapo is the tense. Do, do you love me with a supreme, intense, self-sacrificing love? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me with agape love, self-sacrificing love? And Peter said a second time, Lord, I am fond of you. I'm fond of you using a different word, philo brotherly love. I love you like a brother. At least that's getting honest. Then Jesus says for a third time, using Peter's word, Peter, do you feel me? Do you love me like a brother? I mean, can you, can you even claim after denying me, Pete, that you even love me at that level? So Peter is grieved over that because Jesus descended to the lower level of love. A love of affection instead of supreme love. But he says, Lord, you know all things. Yes, you know what I've done. You know my heart, however. You know that I love you. And, and Jesus, after the third time, commissions Peter. Feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, Jesus says, when you were younger, you girded yourself or clothed yourself and you walked where you wanted to walk, where you wished. When you get old, when you get old, you are going to stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you don't want to go. And he's speaking to the fact that, that Peter would be crucified upside down after he would be arrested by the Roman Empire. 
signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, it's now come full circle. He said to him, just like when he called Peter, you remember the call of Peter, the great fisherman? Follow me. He now repeats himself and says, follow me. Follow me. Here's what I want you to see. Peter, in this conversation, is a failed leader. He has failed Jesus, and he knows it. Everyone knows it. The disciples know it. Jesus knows it. More importantly, Peter knows it. Three times he denied Jesus, and he's hurting privately. So Jesus restores him, get this, publicly. Why publicly? Why this why wasn't this done privately? Why would Jesus ask these questions with his buddies listening in? Well, there, there are a couple things you need to know. Number one, Jesus and Peter have already had a private meeting, a one-on-one -on -one meeting. In Luke chapter 24, we're told that it says, one of the disciples said that the Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. So they have already had their one-on-one. -on -one. The second thing you need to know is that Peter denied Jesus publicly three times. Jesus is allowing Peter to affirm him three times publicly. Charles Spurgeon, a great uh, 19th century uh, uh, theologian, a man's re says a man's repentance should be as notorious as his sin. I'm giving you a chance, Peter. Three times to publicly affirm me with your friends around seeing and hearing you, just like they heard you deny. And this is a turning point for Peter, a real turning point. Peter will become an incredible leader in the early church. After this event, he will, he will preach the gospel on Pentecost and 3,000, can you imagine, 3,000 souls will be saved and come into faith. 3,000, not, not 100, not 200, 3,000. He will carry the gospel into Syria. He will superintend the meeting in Acts 15 at the Council of Jerusalem. But Peter, but Peter will struggle after this. Peter's still going to struggle. He wants to be, but he won't be the perfect leader. He'll struggle. Do, do you know what else he'll struggle with? He's going to struggle with legalism. The good book says... He'll struggle with hypocrisy. And the Apostle Paul will confront him about that. The Apostle Paul, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, when Peter had come to Antioch, Paul said, I withstood him to his face because he was to be condemned. You see, Peter had fallen prey to the circumcision faction in Christianity. The politics got the better of Peter. Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles. 
Peter would not eat with the Gentiles. You, you can call him Saint Peter all you want, but this great shepherd was still a sheep. Feeders are vulnerable. Leaders, pastors, Bible study leaders, teachers are still sheep. Shepherds are sheep too here. So, so if anyone gets attacked, who will arm the shepherd? Folks, we are sheep first and foremost. You and I are sheep first and foremost. We may have the opportunity to be in a position of spiritual leadership, but we're sheep too. All of that said, I ask you to pray for your feeders. Pray, please pray for your leaders the session, for your elders, for your Sunday school teachers, for your Bible study and life group leaders, for anyone who holds any type of position of authority or teaching authority, anybody who does have a position of spiritual authority knows one thing. You're an unusual target. Don McGarrity, and you know Don McGarrity, Don, Don McGarrity always says, always says, when things start going well, when things are really going at 90 miles an hour, when things, you're winning the race, when things are going well and the church gains momentum, you know things that are taking off because the devil finds a seat in the front pew so he can get a better sight of the target that's on your back. You have a bullseye taped to your back. So, folks, I urge you to pray for your feeders. They're vulnerable. Remember, leaders are also sheep, and we must never forget that Peter had fallen and needed to be restored. Peter would be the leader of the church, and he would be a great leader of the church. But I want to... I want to close this sermon series on spiritual truths with a question. Much like what Johnny talked about in his time with the children. What are we as sheep in God's flock feeding on? What are we consuming? Our souls consume what we watch what we listen to, what we read, and what we discuss. It's easy to be distracted away from God. Anything that distracts us from God is junk food for the soul. It might taste good at first. Oh, I didn't mean to crush those, Johnny. Get behind me, Satan. Anything that distracts us from God is junk food for our souls. The problem with junk food is that it's easy to get cravings for it. And dare I say, addicted to it? Just like our physical bodies crave sugar and salt and fat. That's the trick behind those Doritos. They've got sugar, salt, and fat, the three essential junk food items for us to consume. It makes it taste really good. 
In the same way that we need to resist eating junk food in order to maintain a healthy body, we should resist eating spirit we should resist eating spiritual junk food in order to maintain a healthy soul. Think about what you consume in your life. What do you do? What do you see? What are you feeding on? That's why I say turn off the TV or at least put it to Hallmark. Are you feeding on the right food, good food, a banquet of love? Are you feeding on junk food? There is a lot of spiritual junk food out there, friends. What, what are some of those poisonous foods? our souls may feast on? Well, some of those examples. Gossip, like Johnny said. Gossip, watching violent, scary and traumatizing TV shows and movies. Playing violent games. I believe the media that we consume affects our health. More news was watched over these last two and a half years. More news was watched over these two and a half years as we stayed home. Depression amongst the people of the United States has gone up dramatically. Dramatically. Suicides have increased. Shootings have increased. Addictions have increased. Am I blaming it on TV? We are what we eat. You see, media media is considered entertainment. Note the first part of that word, entertainment. Enter. When we consume media, we invite the contents to enter our souls. So that, I don't know who said it, the negativity... The negativity that comes in as we watch it, because that's what sells, that's the junk food. The negativity brings us down. So food for our souls is essentially what we watch, what we listen to, what we read, what we discuss. Are you eating spiritual health food? A couple of weeks ago, I spoke about how people post their pictures of food on Instagram and Facebook. What if you were to post, what if you were to post your spiritual meals on social media? What would your foodstagram look like? What do you listen to? What do you watch? What do you read? What are you studying? What are you studying? And when I say study, I mean that, that you really look at it that you get immersed in it. When you're looking at it from a different angle, you're considering it, you're asking questions about it, you you want to know more information about it. I remember my psychology professor saying that studying is ingesting and digesting, chewing and swallowing, and is filled with ideas, images, thoughts, and attitudes. But to browse To browse an idea, to just skim it, to view it, is to dabble in it. It's like getting a whiff of food, like onions cooking on the stove. You get that aroma 
and maybe a faint taste of it on the tongue, but to study, to study, to really plunge into the depths of a thing, to interrogate it and allow it to interrogate you, to probe it and be probed by it, that is studying, that is eating. So what are you studying? What are you feeding on in your life? Take a look at your life. If you were to post it, what would others see? I'm so thankful. I am so thankful, by and large. I'm looking over a church and a congregation with, with a voracious spiritual appetite. And you come and you want to know what the Lord says in his word about the things and how you might apply them in your lives, your daily lives. And I applaud you for that. Not many churches are like this. I love that. It makes such a joy preaching and teaching. And I'm praying that your spiritual appetite will increase and that you will be filled. I join a life group. Attend one of our Bible studies. Go to a Sunday school class. Because, friends, we are a Bible-based community of believers. A Bible-based set of believers. God's living word is filled with all the knowledge of God, words that are to be studied and discussed, chewed on, swallowed and digested, and even debated. Even debated. Still, I believe that God is providing the spiritual sustenance that, that only the Good Shepherd can provide in these words. So, so we can go outside these four walls and defend our faith because that's what we're called to do. Defend our faith. Reflect the face of Jesus in all that we say, do, and are. And perform the ministries every one of us are called to do. And we are called to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, the banquet of love to the four corners of the earth for all of God's people. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Ken Goodrich, and I'm humbled that you took the time to listen to this podcast. I pray that the Holy Spirit moves you to ministry and that if you don't have a church home, that you are able to find one. Please feel free to tune in on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 12.20 p.m. for our Bible studies, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. for our Learning Center courses, and of course on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our worship. Just go to fpclc.org to see all our various programs and events. Thanks again, and God bless you and keep you safe. May God embrace you and keep you in his countenance. Peace.